Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. Lindsay here and we have such a treat for you on today's episode. We have an interview with Shonda Morales and she recently wrote the book, Don't Forget to Breathe, Five-Minute Mindfulness for Busy Women, Beat Stress, and Find Calm Anywhere. And I think you're really just going to love this interview because she makes her mindfulness tips so practical. A lot of times when people envision mindfulness, they think of like sitting down, closing your eyes, and meditating. And while that can be a part of mindfulness, mindfulness is so much more than that. It can be truly just being like, fully present in our everyday lives, no matter what we're doing, whether we're doing the dishes, taking a shower, no matter what it is, right? Like being fully present in that. Speaking of like being fully present, um, I'm still taking Magic Mind. I'm over a week in. And if you listen to last episode, it's a new tropic that Paige and I are trying out and we love it. I am able to be so much more present when I take Magic Mind. I don't have that afternoon crash, but I also don't notice my brain doing like monkey mind. Like I I used to be in a session and sometimes my brain would ping to like, what do I need to make for dinner? I need to return this email. I need to return this phone call. And I'm noticing that I'm able to just focus on what I'm doing in front of me. And because of that, I'm so much more present. So I'm getting more fulfillment out of my life, but I'm also more productive because I'm able to focus. And as someone who has ADHD, this is a really freaking big deal. And so Paige and I, I have a code for you guys. If you want to try it out, I recommend getting the subscription simply because it takes a minute to get into your system. And like with any healthy habit, you have to be consistent with it to see results. The link to purchase is www.magicmind.co slash motherhood. So M-A-G-I-C-M-I-N-D dot C-O slash M-O-T-H-E-R-H-O-O-D. And you get 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days with the code MOTHERHOOD20. M-O-T-H-E-R-H-O-O-D-20. I even got my husband to try it and he did a couple days. So he's not even fully in and he was like, Lindsay, I can focus all day, which is really difficult for him. He also has ADHD and he is unmedicated. And so he's like, it is such a big difference that I didn't think I would notice it in just one day, but I totally did. So you have to check it out, use our code, get your discount and be focused and present because that's what we all want, right? So I will hop into our interview with Shonda. Enjoy the episode. 
Hi, Shonda. I'm so glad to have you here today. Hi, Lindsay. It's great to be with you. So I usually like to just let people introduce themselves because I feel like they do a much better job of explaining who they are and what they're about than I could ever do. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you love to do. Sure. So I am a psychotherapist. I am a coach for uh, life balance coach for busy women and moms, and I'm an author and podcast host as well, um, and a mindfulness teacher. So I've brought a lot of those pieces together. I'm also the mom of a 20 year old and a 10 year old, and I'm married. Oh, um, I love your. You have two books, correct? And I love yes. that you're mindfulness tips are very practical because we're all about taking things here that maybe don't feel so practical and making them practical for living in the real world. Exactly. Right. So especially with moms, and that was the whole point. So the first book I wrote, um, I it sort of came about due to the fact that I was uh, pregnant with my son. So my kids are 10 years apart, and I had been t uh, practicing mindfulness and meditation for a half an hour every day. So when my daughter started, when my daughter was three, and she's a 20 year old, I was a faithful meditator. And I really had to keep mindfulness in my life. But I knew when I was pregnant with my son with a newborn, and there was no way I would be sitting down to meditate for a half an hour every day. So I developed these five minute practices that anyone can do anytime, anywhere, um, and help us pull us out of automatic pilot, which is really the opposite of being mindful and uh, back into the present moment, which helps us be more aware of where we want to place our attention and where we want to go in life and how we want to spend our time and how we read we respond in situations rather than just reacting out of habit. So, uh, so these practices I started to use myself and also uh, started teaching to busy moms and recognize how powerful, really how radical it can be for us to just stop and pause for a few minutes or one minute in the middle of our day. It really takes so much less time than you think. I think when we think of like mindfulness and meditation, we think of like meditating for 20 minutes a day. Right. And really it's, it, that's part of it, but it can also be, you know, just a one minute break in yes. your day that helps yes. bring you back into the present moment. Right. Exactly. And I really want, you know, my books are all about, there are dozens of mindful breaks in each book and they're all about making it super doable and practical and flexible um, so that we don't feel like we have to go and sit down and close our eyes for 20 minutes um, because a lot of, you know, moms will roll their eyes. Like, how are you supposed to do that? How are you supposed to make the, make time? But I'm a huge believer that we can carve out five minutes in our day to do that somewhere, you know, ideally in the morning, not always happening. And, and if five minutes feels too intimidating, I always say start with one. And if that feels too hard, three deep inhales and three deep exhales, and we can all do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we, we all should be doing every single day to reset. Right. You mentioned being on autopilot earlier. How can someone tell that they're on like autopilot or out of balance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, two different things really. Uh, so auto mindfulness, the definition, first of all, is paying attention to what's happening in the moment with an attitude of kindness and curiosity. And that, that part about curious and kindness, um, that is part so uh, when we're on autopilot, we're not aware of what's happening around us. We are either in our, in our minds, we're either in the future, we're kind of worrying or 
planning or what ifing, or we're in the past rehashing a conversation or a memory. So um, it's really important to pull us out of autopilot because, uh, so first of all, we spend some of our time in autopilot. We can't be mindful and aware all of the time. I mean, that would be exhausting and it is impossible as human beings. So sometimes autopilot's fine. You know, I talk about, I like to go for runs and I sometimes I go for a run and I am like halfway through it and thinking like, whoa, I don't remember running up that hill. I don't remember making this turn. It's because it's just, I'm so used to this loop and that's, you know, we can all have that experience of getting in our car and doing that. That's autopilot. Uh, so, you know, that's fine sometimes. Sometimes we want to be on because we have other things going on or we want to have our attention elsewhere. But it's just that we want to have the option more often to be more aware. Um, and so that's mindfulness and autopilot. And uh, balance, life balance for me, um, some people will say there's no such thing as life balance, but I'm a huge believer that uh, what it means is our definition. You know, we can get hung up on perfectionism and this perfect idea of balance, where really I see it as a gentle, ongoing recalibration of our priorities in life, which completely change and shift in our phases of life. I mean, depending how old our kids are, or even moment to moment, you know. So it's about just having this sort of playful experimental attitude and checking in with ourselves on a regular basis. Like how do things feel? Do they feel off balance or, or not? Because if we're not paying attention, that's where burnout and, you know, all kinds of things can get us in trouble because we aren't paying attention. I love that you mentioned curiosity. It's something that we talk about a lot on here is a approaching things with our children and ourselves from a place of curiosity and just exploring what's going on rather than feeling judgmental of ourselves about the fact that we're on autopilot or yes. not as present as we would like to be. Yeah. So good point. And I think that's, you know, I want to point that out. So when we talk about meditation, especially, so like just to differentiate mindfulness is that present moment awareness with kindness or curiosity. Meditation is carving out time in our day to practice that skill of mindfulness. And it is a practice, you know, it's something that we do need to carve out a little bit of time to do. And it's a skill. Like if we're learning to play piano or swim, if I've never gone in a pool before, I can't just read about it and then dive in and expect to, you know, start doing the backstroke perfectly. Um, so, but the biggest myth I encounter with meditation is that we are going to clear our mind of thoughts. And then people have that expectation and get super frustrated when they can't do that. But it's not at all ever about clearing our mind of thoughts. It is all about familiarizing ourselves with our busy minds and where our attention goes. And so then that's where the power comes in. We know where our attention is. Mm -hmm. That awareness piece. Yep. Yep. Do you have any tips or strategies for uh, kind of like use a gentle course correction, like bringing ourselves back into balance? Yeah. So, I mean, so if it's something in terms of, well, first of all, let me maybe talk about the triangle of awareness, which is a really helpful mindful break. And this is, if we imagine a triangle and the three points correspond to our thoughts, our body sensations, and our emotions, and they're very much intertwined and impact one another quite quickly. And we don't always we often don't recognize it's happening. So if we tune into any point of our triangle at any time of the day, we can recognize, whoa, what's up with my body sensations? Well, I can recognize my shoulders are up by my ears or, you know, or I'm tightening in my back, my, my stomach is tight, you know, I have um, pressure in my chest. It's all information 
information. And then by just simply taking a couple of deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth, we counteract that low level of fight or flight state that we tend to live in a lot of the time, you know, and, and a lot of us do, most of us do have this fight or flight, um, very low level chronic stress going on. So by taking those deep breaths, we send a signal to our brain that there's no immediate danger, that there's no need for fight or flight, and that our, our nervous system can calm down a little bit. And what we know too about fight or flight, right, is, is in our brain, what happens is the front part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, that's in charge of planning and organizing and being able to kind of get perspective on things that shuts down or slows down during fight or flight. So if our kid is having a tantrum and we go into fight or flight because we're like feeling helpless, we're in the store or something and you're just embarrassed and you, you don't know what to do. Um, and if we can pause and recognize, well, my heart is pounding, I'm sweating maybe, and I can take a few deep breaths, it reminds that it sends a signal to my brain that there's no real danger. It feels like I am distinguished between danger like a car coming at us on the street and my toddler having a, t a tantrum. So we have to do take those breaths. And so when we are practicing meditation or mindfulness on a more regular basis, it's muscle memory. It's familiar. We're able to pull it out and use it more easily, uh, more often, and we're just a little more skillful, skillful with it. I bet you mentioned that because I've been trying to be more aware of myself when I'm in that, like that low level fight or flight, like you said, like it's not full on. It's like, I've just got a lot to do trying to get through the things. And I kind of just click into like, gotta do this, gotta do this. And I'm, and then something happens and I'm feeling like, oh, there's pressure and trying to notice what that feels like for me. And I think a lot of us are walking around kind of unconsciously in that 24 seven yes. without realizing how hard that is on our systems and our bodies and our relationships and all the things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so important about that is when we're in that, we get into the state in our minds where we think I don't have a minute to breathe. Like I literally don't have time to stop when in actuality, you know, those are the moments, at least for me, and I think this is true for a lot of us, where if I'm in that state, I'm kind of like hyper, you know, I'm just speeding around, I'm going to spill my coffee, I'm going to forget where I left my keys, I'm going to be a little bit more scattered, and not as productive and efficient. But if I can slow that down just a notch, which is counterintuitive to me, it was when I first learned this, you know, I'm actually going to get more done and think more clearly, and we can be more creative and innovative and, you know, think on the fly. So all of that, absolutely. And, and you're right about, you know, body sensations. We all have signature body sensation, like signature places we hold stress in our bodies. You know, there are common places, head, shoulders, stomach, back. Um, but, you know, I, I tell a story about, you know, I'm a therapist as well. And, and so um, this was years ago, I had been practicing mindfulness and meditation for a number of years. And once in a while, I'd have like a really sore left calf muscle. And I'd be like, what the heck is going on? And I started to put it together that when I was in a very tense session, like a couple session or something, I would just tense my left calf muscle. So then the next day, I have a really sore calf muscle, but it took me a number of years to kind of put that together. Uh, and that's just an example. You know, we don't, you know, how long it can take to really be aware. That's funny. I have a right hip. 
So that's okay. But if I, and I work a lot with kids. So if I like my right hips hurting, I have to think about, okay, what have I been doing the past few days? What sessions have I had? And that's, that might be why I'm tensing up. And I know your hips are connected to like your fight or flight as well. So it might be that I'm in like this low level fight or flight. Yeah, absolutely. During those sessions. What is the difference between mindfulness, meditation, and mindful breaks? Just to, right. for our listeners that aren't so right. familiar. So like I said, mindfulness, present moment awareness with kindness and curiosity, meditation, carving out that time to practice the skill. And so an example of meditation is simply sitting down, closing my eyes um, as best I can, being uninterrupted. And I notice the inhale on my breath without controlling it. I just notice it coming and going, the inhale and the exhale. And then what I start to notice very quickly is that my attention will drift off. I will have an itch. I will hear a sound. I will think all kinds of thoughts. And that is perfectly normal. So in five minutes, I can sit down and do meditation and my mind might wander off 50 times. That's fine. Each time I notice I've wandered off, I just gently bring it back to that point of focus. And really what we're doing is is training that mindfulness muscle of attention, kind of like if I'm going to go to the gym and build up my bicep, you know, I'd have to do repetitive bicep curls. The same goes for bringing our attention repeatedly back over and over. So that's meditation. And then mindful breaks are these pauses and reminders in the midst of our day where I don't have to go close my eyes and do something, but I can just come back, come back into my body or come back into my breath or just recognize what's going on. And it interrupts that automatic pilot. It interrupts fight or flight, I'm back in that moment. So I can take a um, a mindful break while I'm driving the car. You know, definitely not, don't want to be closing my eyes, but I can feel the steering wheel. I can drop my shoulders. I can notice what's around me, um, sounds or what my body feels like. I can take a mindful break. If I'm at work in an office and it's kind of, I don't even have a space to myself, I can go into the bathroom and take a bathroom mindful break, which is just like going into a stall or going into a space where it's like, I can you know, check in and just recognize you can even use the triangle at any point, the triangle tune in what's going on right now. in those three points of my triangle, my thoughts, my body sensations, my emotions, it's just increasing our awareness sometimes. Um, so, and then there are three types of mindful breaks that I talk about. And there are the breathe breaks, which are more about calm calming our nervous system down and awareness. Um, And then there are becoming breaks. And so these are helpful uh, reminders and pauses when we're recognizing that we need a little assertiveness in our life or we need a little confidence boost. Let's say we had a promotion at work or taking on some new project. Those are some very brief uh, five-minute breaks we can use. And then there are balance breaks, which are kind of what they sound like. When we're feeling a little bit out of balance, how do we bring it a little bit more um, into center, recalibrating? Can you give me an example of one of like the confidence breaks and one of the balance breaks just so people can get an idea? Yeah, definitely. So um, a good example of a um, becoming break is uh, with with assertiveness. So um, this one is called um, unmute yourself. And this came to me from somebody that I was working with who talked about, this is pre-COVID. She was doing still a lot of like Zoom calls and meetings and conference calls. And she was really frustrated at work. She worked in a large corporation and was not um, getting attention to be on projects or promotions that she was hoping for, really had her head down and was working. And so she was talking with her mentor one day who said, you know what, you, Beth, you are a great 
you're a great employee. You have so many great ideas. You share them with me, but you don't speak up in meetings. And so she was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to press that unmute button and I'm going to speak up and share a story um, or share, you know, um, a piece of information or contribute. And someone, she said, I would sweat, I, my mouth would get dry, my heart would race, but I promised I was going to hit that unmute button. And very soon, you know, that became easier. And as these do, and she was given more projects to work on and pulled into uh, things and was given a promotion. So it's, it's knowing, um, knowing ourselves to know, do we, um, where in our lives, do we mute ourselves? So sometimes we're really good at being assertive at work, but we're not so assertive with certain relationships or vice versa or all of the above. Um, so, you know, where can you just recognize one area where you may be holding back and can you kind of like, you know, think about pressing that unmute button and speaking up. So that's just an example. It's about awareness and then taking a little bit of action. Uh, and an example of a balance break could be as something as simple as uh, being clear with our values. You know, we can talk about our values in general and, and picking the top four values that really resonate with us and then filtering all of our decisions, um, our anything we take on, what we're saying yes to through the, these top values and kind of bringing things back into balance. And so I see Especially with balance, I talk a lot about continuums. Um, you know, we knowing where we all each fall on certain continuums. So some of us are risk takers, some of us are risk averse, for example. And so if I'm a risk averse person, then my getting more towards center on that continuum would be pushing myself out of my comfort zone in little small ways on a regular basis. If I'm more of a risk taker, then my job is to pause um, and not be, not act as impulsively or speak as impulsively. So if we can imagine that a lot. So really, essentially, all of these mindful breaks are about small, small action steps. It's not about trying to change so much at one time. It's how do we just kind of layer these on? Um, and I see the three different types of breaks as um, we pull out and use what is needed that day or in that moment. So sometimes I'm needing calm. Sometimes I'm needing assertiveness, confidence. Sometimes I need a little bit more balance. But in this way, it kind of helps uh, bring us into this, what I think of as an upward spiral of growth. We keep using them and pulling them out as we need them and can helps us continue on our journey. And I love that because it requires a level of self-awareness to like, look at yourself in your life, curious, right. And say, this is where I'm at. This is what my values are, or maybe this is where I want to be. And then intentionality, like how can I slowly get there without, you know, totally trying to change everything overnight. Yes. yes. Cause again, I really like to emphasize this can be playful and fun and experimental mental to not take ourselves so seriously. Um, because what I don't want this is to be one more thing on our to-do list. And so, uh, you know, I talk about there, are two, it's a two pronged approach, you know, can we do a little bit of meditation each day and make it a daily habit? And again, five minutes is great. And if you can't do five, do one minute and use a guided voice to get you started if you don't know, if you're not familiar with meditation. It's always helpful to, to bring us back. You can use an app. You can go to my website and I'll send a, a five-minute guided meditation with my voice um, and do that every day. And then choose one mindful break. So whether it's based on what's needed that day, a type of break, or you start with, I'm going to do a coffee mindful break every day, um, you know, 
after my breakfast in the morning, whatever that is. And that is something you do and it becomes more of a habit. And then you just stack on another mindful break after a couple of weeks. So they start to become habits that don't require effort or time to think about. It's just something we do. And so if we sprinkle our day eventually, we're pulling ourselves out of automatic pilot on a regular basis without requiring too much effort and thought. Mm-hmm. And it probably becomes something you look forward to. And if you forget it, then you miss, miss doing yeah, it. You're like, definitely. I know the difference yes. when I don't <laughs> take my mindful break after coffee. That's right. And with your coffee. Yeah. With your coffee. Yeah. With yeah. your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Always with the everything. <laughs> Same. How have taking mindful breaks throughout the day impacted your life and the lives of like the people that you work with? What benefit have you seen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can go back to when I first started practicing mindfulness and my daughter, like I said, she was three years old and, uh, she, I was just, I'm still am definitely a recovering type a, um, perfectionist. I like to get things done and check things off the list. And so I was like, you want me to do what, you know, slow down and, and for, for, you know, slow down a notch or stop for a minute or two. So, but what I noticed really quickly was that I was more patient I was just enjoying things more. Um, I wasn't thinking about what's next, what's next. I was actually in that moment with my daughter, savoring moments more, noticing moments more, those ordinary moments that we tend to miss. Um, And I was more productive and efficient. And I sustained my energy longer because that's what we know when we're tense and stressed and kind of running on that fight or flight, that chronic low-level stress, it's exhausting on our nervous system. That's why we're exhausted when we fall into bed at night. Um, I mean, there may be other reasons, but that's definitely contributing to it. So when we are a little bit more calm and can pull ourselves out of that a little bit throughout our day, we are going to sustain energy longer. So there are so many benefits um, from physical benefits to emotional, to behavioral, you know, all kinds, immune response. There's a lot of research out there. How do you recommend navigating this in a world where we're all so attached to our phone technology and <laughs> our watches and we're always being pulled in a thousand different directions by, you know, messages to return and emails and all of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard. And, you know, sometimes our phones feel like they are magnetic, you know, and that is certainly a habit. And I, I found myself slipping into that habit um, over the summer and I had to break it where I was like, you know, first thing I woke up in the morning and I was looking at my phone and I was like, oh no, no, you know, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone. So it's, it's, um, just recognizing that pull, which does feel incredibly strong to check because it's, that's driven often by boredom, anxiety, habit. So if we just recognize, oh boy, I really want to grab it right now and see what's going on. I'm like, I might miss something, you know, whatever. Um, and I resist, gently resist and kind of just notice what that feels like. And I just look up and look around, or I just let my, my, let my mind wander for a minute, God forbid, or, you know, have a conversation with someone. If I'm standing in the grocery line or whatever it is, you start to recognize that these are, it, it changes the pace, the feel of the pace of our days from one that feels like frantic and urgent. We need to fill every second to one that's a little bit more, you know, spacious, it's and and again, it, this is one of those things you have to try it out to 
just test it out. And I say that everyone, you know, don't take my word for this. Just test it out for a week or two and see what you notice. You know, if you don't like it, you don't have to do it again. But I really do think you'll notice some benefits. Yes, I think, um, so I did this more recently as well, but I've, um, trying it in times where you're normally waiting and you would check your phone is like a good place to start. Like if you're in line at the pharmacy at a red light, just not looking and just being fully in the moment. That's when I try and do my mindful breaks actually. And it's been really helpful. And it feels like you're not going from one thing to the next, to the next all day. It feels like the day is just more smooth and in flow than being constantly tied to the phone. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because otherwise what we, we really are um, being held hostage. I don't know if that's it, but we're t- being taken along for a ride that we're not really in, in the driver's seat, you know, when we feel compelled to check all the time. And so it's sort of taking, taking that back for ourselves and saying, I'm going to be more intentional. And if I want to go on social media, that's fine. Just be aware that I'm intentionally choosing this and for how long. Yeah. And I think just awareness on there too. Like I've noticed with Instagram in particular, like I've tried to be really curious and aware with myself, just noticing, I noticed the moment, like the scrolling switches from intentional to like, um, just like, uh, a need to just scroll for no reason. Right. And so being aware of that. So once I'm aware of that, now I can say like, Oh, I noticed this happened. Time to set my phone down. That's great. This is not, but I think it's something that everyone could benefit from doing more of just being more aware of what's going on in their body. Like you said, that triangle of awareness when they're on social media or on their phones a lot. Mm, That's right. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today. That's where we can find you about your books, about your podcast, all the things. Right. So you can find me at shondamorales.net. That's my website. It's S-H-O-N-D-A-M-O-R-A-L-I-S.net. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and I love to connect and hear from people. So uh, books, my books are sold anywhere, um, are found anywhere books are sold. So I love to hear from people. Well, we will link her social media and her books in the show for anyone that wants to go click and check it out. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thanks. It was fun. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.